The last two years in real estate have been tough on title professionals. Today, we have Brent Shear, Chief Operating Officer for Advocates National Title Insurance Company. He's a self-described recovering accountant who is keeping his eye on rates and the economy. We talk about the year that was and what lay ahead for the title industry. This episode is part one in our series centered around the 2023 State of the Title Industry Survey and Report. To catch all the episodes, please subscribe where you listen to podcasts and maybe even review us if you have a moment. It really helps us out. If you haven't already downloaded your copy of this year's report, you can grab it at stateoftitle.com. I'm Lindsay Gordon, and this is Title Talks. yourself and let us know um, where you work and what it is that you do? Ah, well, I am Brent Shear, and I am I like to call myself a recovering auditor, a recovering um, tax accountant, um, and now you might even say recovering accountant. Um, my role currently, as I choose to accept it, um, is the chief operating officer for now Advocates National Title Insurance Company, formerly known as Attorney's Title Guarantee Fund. Um, So exciting. We're based in Illinois um, and, um, gosh, been there since 1964. Uh, We have attorney members. That was where we grew up from, as we were talking earlier. And so now we we continue to grow. We continue to expand. And and that name change was part of that expansion uh, plan. Awesome. So you and I have had a chance to work together. We worked together yeah. when you were at PropLogics. And during yay. that time, yay, <laughs> once you're green, you're always green. That's um, right. During that time, you uh, sat on our panel for the 2022 State of the Title Industry Roundtable. And uh, we had Diane Tom and we had David Townsend, who was with Antic at the time. He's now with Fidelity. That, that's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so in our conversations leading up to that panel, you kept bringing up the notion that you're sort of seeing the role of the title agent um, changing and kind of becoming a little bit more of a coordinator role. Um, you know, the the report, you know, a lot of what we do is we kind of identify, one, how people's businesses are going in that year, and then also how they are facing specific challenges, one of those being through outsourcing. So at that time, you had mentioned that you are sort of seeing a lot of agents kind of take on more of a coordinator role. Talk a little bit about how, how you see the future. Well, it continues to be more and more technology, um, but it's always technology and people. Um, I think that when you look at where we are as a um, state of the union right now, or state of the industry, as you guys put out, um, trying to keep a uh, thumb on the pulse, we've just come through um, a massive wave of of uh, volume and from COVID, um, you know, we as an industry, we were positively impacted. It's really sad to say, as an industry, you know, we we look at the world and when shit hits the fan, um, that's when we get busy. <laughs> Rates drop. What happened? Oh, there's a war in Ukraine. Rates drop. Yay! You know, people refi. It's really kind of sad. Frankly. Yeah, I guess um, so. <laughs> but. Um, but think about it, COVID, and then uh, the only problem, you know, and when you look at the industry and the economy as a whole, um, real estate leads 
out of uh, depression and recession in every example except, oh wait, when we were the problem. Um, and so in 13, or sorry, in COVID and in COVID-19, it's really unusual that we've had such a, a smattering of supply issues, which are true economic and inflationary issues, and rates record lows. And, and so we, we were just going bananas there for three years almost, and now crash, it comes back down. 23 being kind of uh, a low watermark, uh, at least that's what it looks like. Uh, we're all looking at where's bottom, give me stability. And so when it comes to the agency, it, it's just been a roller coaster. And so the thing that we continue to have to deal with from a, um, from a title and closing side of the business is exactly that, is that coordinator role. And so having to find time and, well, back up, having to identify what we spend our time on and then how to be efficient and effective with those, with that time. Um, and, and that really comes down to, you know, like what you guys do in the state of the industry is, is really kind of what, where, where do you find opportunities to outsource versus insource? Um, and then now the, the quiet little conversation that I think is getting a little louder with Bing AI and, and some of the uh, artificial intelligence that's becoming a little more desktop now is, um, you know, how can I use that? I think, um, so, you know, I know it's not a huge deal in our state of the industry, but I think you're going to see that conversation continue to get better and better. For example, um, I recently used it to write a job description, um, a, a title uh, examiner job description. It was actually pretty spot on. Um, so, you know, for me, it would have been sitting there kind of racking my brain again, my numbers nerd here. And so I had to like use keyboard and words and letters and stuff. And it was just like, bam, I'm like, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> so, um, but again, back to the, the conversation and the question was, we, we continue to find our way into the coordinator role, continuing to, you know, manage expectations of the realtor, the buyer, the seller. And then for our model, it's the attorneys and representing each. And lenders, you know, and so um, all of those things are a huge challenge just because as volume goes up and goes down, again, what, what's the one thing that we can do is manage expectations. And so um, it gets more difficult when contracts um, don't, don't make it to closing. You know, they, they, they get wiped out because of either a rate lock expired or the walkthrough is a disaster or, you know, some other factor that becomes these more prevalent when, when you find stress in the market. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously volatility in the market makes it tougher to, I guess, maintain consistent staffing levels, right? Oh. You know, I think we saw that last year. A lot of people found themselves overstaffed. Yes, that and that is not fun. I mean, these are these are things that, you know, in I look at the business as, as refire or purchase. Um so refi, you, you tend to see a lot more um, outsourcing, um, a lot more vendor management, um, just because of the nature of the work is different. Um, when you look at a purchase transaction, number one, you have many more parties to deal with. You have the buyer, which you have the borrower in the refi, but you have the lender in the refi, where you have the lender usually on a purchase too. But then you have to deal with the seller and you have to deal with the, uh, the attorneys, the appraisers, the inspections, the inspections that didn't go well. Why do we, why do we have an electrical problem? <laughs> the roof leaks, you know, like all these things just start coming at you and, um, and the rates change. 
and you know supply issues and the garage door's got going to be ready for another nine months and the windows aren't coming in you know and all those things that happen when versus a refi it's just the house is there the lender's there what's the rate like it don't like it go you know and again oversimplifying that one but uh, but again you know those are the things that are much different <clears throat> and so to manage all that to try and find you know some stability is huge and so foundationally you know it's one thing to see rates go up and down uh, isolated if you will rates go up rates go down we know that i always like to say um rates go up orders go down <clears throat> rates go down orders go up yeah it's pretty straightforward except <clears throat> when supply goes sideways um you know literally thinking back guys i mean it was nine months to get a garage door like really <laughs> we need yeah. a garage door like put some plywood up you know they're gonna be kind of need a garage door if you're gonna move in you want to make sure no one can walk into the garage and walk into the house like uh-oh that was real and it's still you know i think we still have some effects that although it's a lot better you know two by fours were eight bucks a, a, a board whereas they're 239 at lowe's before this happened um so i mean these are the things that like just really changed the world and so any instability, and I think that, you know, you look at, I look at a lot of this data and trying to figure out where are we going, where have we been, um, the instability of the last 12 to 15 months was just crazy town. And the impact on canceled contracts, and, and then you have the, the, the lock effect, if you will, the locked-in effect of mortgages who, you'd be nuts to sell your house or refinance your house at a three to four percent because you know you're now you're just asked the mortgage lender this morning seven and a half percent is what they're offering now remember going back to 1980 the average rate six percent so when you think of it that way it's like oh that's not too bad you know six for seven and a half good no not that not the good delta you want but it's like in the ballpark you know the highest was 18.1 in november of 1981 or 82 i can't remember off the top of my head but like that's bad <laughs> that's really bad so, I mean, you know, um, in context, I think these things are there. But again, we are so social media, you know, what, what's happening right now, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And it's like, but it was 3% last year, you know, last half of the year. Or sorry, yeah, we have last a, part of first year, you know. And so now it's seven and a half. Like, yeah. Huh? yeah. <laughs> so that same dollar can't buy the same house. Um, and so that instability, you know, so again, even at seven or seven and a quarter, seven and a half, there's at least certainty going for us. And that I think is something. It's not great, but it's something. So if we if we can at least hit bottom and you look at MBA data, I was just looking at this last week. If you look at MBA data, hopefully the the bottom is upon us. Either this month or next month, you kind of see where things from a percent change year over year have hit bottom. <clears throat> and then you kind of go up. Now they're also forecasting, you know, that rates harden and then go down. Um, and so that obviously is part of the equation, but, but certainly stability helps uh, in all facets. <clears throat> yeah. You mentioned you had written a job description for an examiner and I know, you know, maybe you have <clears throat> not a lot of roles open, but there are specific roles that it might be hard to, to find talent for. Maybe not so much now because like there's a lot of people who are looking for work at this point after Last right. year, I mean, I'm, I know big companies have been making layoffs, you know, they're up until now, you know, they're still rolling. No, it's, 
it's that's the hard that's the other hard part of the, this industry. I mean, we've 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 had to do that. Um, the lender side, anybody in real estate right now is doing that. It, it's it is by far and away the most uh, the hardest part of this industry. Um, you know, I kind of joke sometimes. Don't you think it'd be easier if we just built rockets? You know, I mean, <laughs> seriously, because <laughs> this stuff it just it it's a roller coaster at times, especially on the refi side, and so. At the end of the day, you're trying to just, you know, it's like the old March saying, March Madness saying, survive in advance. Um, you know, you have people out there and, and a lot of good people, and you've got to pick those that you're going to go with and get through this. For us, it's, you know, I think for the industry, the, the next six months, you know, because now we have the seasonality effect catching up yeah. to us. Uh, there's no refi volume to, you know, cover it or save us. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, and so... These next six months are going to be brutal. So uh, just get through it, survive in advance, get to March. And then, you know, it does look like, you know, another analogy I would say, light at the end of the tunnel, absolutely. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. But there's going to be a couple trains. So make sure you put your headset on, go down between the tracks, lay down low, <laughs> let it go by, jump back up, and then we'll get there, you know. But, but there are trains coming in the next six months, and we've got to make sure that we keep our head down. You know, stay focused, get through it, and then, you know, it will knock on wood, get better. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And I would say, you know, kind of having this model where you maybe have fewer employees who are coordinating more and you have, you know, this variable cost structure where you're able to operate at the lowest possible cost and then mm -hmm. in the event that things do turn around, you're able to scale faster too in that case yeah you always try to look for um you know those costs like you said you're evaluating your time you're trying to figure out where you should be spending your time if there's an opportunity to outsource a piece of what you do great but in times like this and this is the hard part about being the vendor in the business is that um, as an agency you know and especially again you're focused on your purchase side of the business is where the volume is right now what little is out there but you're insourcing a lot of those tasks that normally you outsource. And so the hard part of me being the vendor is like, okay, you're in the same boat we are in, in a sense. You've got to pick your team to get through these next few months and then come out the other side. Then you start to see some of that roll off in terms of, okay, let's outsource that again. Because you're trying to keep your team, you're trying to keep everybody busy. You're trying to mm -hmm. make sure, you know, you've, you've done the right thing. And you kind of end up with those kind of five tool players, you know, and so those guys that can help you, guys and gals that can help you do multiple things. You know, when they're done with something, I'm like, hey, what, what do you need me to do? I'm done here. I'm like, great, awesome, here. Merry Christmas, you're gonna do policies today. <laughs> you know, yeah, Merry Christmas. just having people who are flexible. Outsource. Yeah, you yeah. know, and having people that can jump in and say, hey, I gotta do book work today because, you know, uh, Marvin Marvin is uh, off to Cook County to do, do some uh, uh, in-county stuff. So it's like, okay, well, I need your help doing this. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that everybody's chipping in and some of that stuff, though, again, when the volume comes back, you can start to outsource some of that to look for help. But in the slow times, and it's pretty typical in the seasonality side, is you, you in-house that. You know, you keep it on onshore, you will, or whatever you want to do. Yeah, with the, the people who are still, you know, there in your office on your books. So um, <clears throat> one thing that we talk a lot about is how COVID really, um, like, kind of uh, sped up consumer expectations in terms of, you know, like everyone's used to getting groceries delivered. Everyone's used to, you know, I mean, there's just so mm -hmm. much convenience that like was necessity that now consumers' expectations are higher than ever. 
And I think there's a, a lot of, I think, um, I guess friction when it comes to the traditional, you know, transaction process. And I think a lot of people are dealing with having to figure out like, how do I implement new technology in my business? How do I keep up with these demands to keep people happy and satisfied? Are you guys yeah, seeing that? Like going back to the office, <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, closing in person. Um, you know, I think, I think we are, um, I just saw a stat on this, and, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but California, I think, finally just adopted Ron, but it's not going to come in until like 2030 or something crazy. And I'm like, really? How did they get through the last three years? Um, anyway, but 44 states, I think, have adopted um, Ron-ish. I like to call him Ron Burgundy. It's more fun to think about Ron Burgundy and that than the nerdy Ron stuff. I don't know that we always talk about. There's so many variations of the mobile uh, or notary there's there's obviously the the run uh but there's obviously in person um and some of these things you still deal with all the same stuff well it's technically this person doesn't have an id but they have somebody who will vouch for them who does have an id and so it's like wow where do we get lost in that conversation but um i think at the end of the day when you come back to you know how are we dealing with the convenience that came out of this you know, bluntly, some of this is, you know, uh, it, I guess it depends on what the customer is going to decide. Um, a lot of our traditional title agents, um, at least from, from where I'm at sitting right now, uh, they only focus on those purchase and in person. You know, there's just not a lot of run going on where we're at, you know. And, and so, and again, we're, we're purchase heavy on that side. So, you don't see it. I think that I was recently at Illinois Land Title. I think one of the things that's really troubling in that regard, exciting and troubling, um, you know, one is I will start with this thing, you know, as we get our our younger, you know, millennials and Gen Zs and I don't know if we go to AB after this or AA or I don't know what happens sure. after that. But, but anyway, those guys, my daughters, uh, use their phone, right? And so why would we go see another human again? <laughs> I can't close this on my phone. <laughs> and so, um, but there's 25-ish RON platforms. Whereas I think back in the, you know, back in the day, like three or four years ago, pre-COVID, it was like four. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, we can get used to this. Now you have to be like a jack of all trades on all these different RON platforms and title agent. That's hard. Yeah. Like, what do you do with that? Like, that, I mean, you got to be like, know how to do it. How, what's this button? Right, they're all different. They all have their own learning curve, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's like because the lender drives it. I mean, that's that's our you know driver in terms of how that's going to go down. So, you know, I think there's um, a opportunity for title agents to be you know good at that, Uh, um, and and so from a convenience standpoint, I think I think it's more pressure. The next one coming up, which is right around the corner, is real time payments. you know, that's another game changer in terms of convenience because now we don't have to worry about wire cutoffs anymore. So, um, so that is really weird. You know, you know, the old adage or the old example is, so we're going to close a transaction at two o'clock in the morning at the bar. <laughs> okay. Competency. Was he hammered? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh boy. So, I mean, you know, but these are all things that we have to deal with. And again, I think, the market will make the decision for us. Um, we just have to really pay attention to what that demand looks like. And I think it's only 
practical to assume that as our younger generation gets into the home buyer, um, we're going to see that. I mean, we're just going to see a bigger push for that because, you know, frankly, like my parents and, and, and my age and older are kind of more like, hey, let's go actually see other humans. We're going to use this thing called a pen. Um, we're going to, you know, use this stuff that they sell on um, the office called paper. Um, you know, bring in your best uh, meme from uh, from the office. So, you know, that's that's now. But, I mean, you can see quickly where this, this kind of was a wake-up call. And how much of this sticks, I mean, some of it will. And it's only going to get more uh, more entangled in our day-to-day. Yeah, there's it's so you had brought up earlier <clears throat> AI because I'm just thinking about in general, like a lot of advances in technology and things are really slow for a lot of people right now. Is this the time to be evaluating where you need to be? You know what I mean? Like as, as things pick right. up again, mm-hmm. you're going to be busy. You're going to be, you know, trying to find staff if you've, you've had to cut staff or, you know, trying to find outsource companies if you've got too much work to do in-house, you know. So it's like there's a lot of things going to happen when when things do pick up. Um, do you feel like this is a, a time that people should be looking towards, like, how am I going to keep my title company at, at pace with expectations or, you know, with those companies that maybe are VC-backed or are, you know, um, have a lot of money, maybe underwriter-owned company? You know, like, how do you keep up as a, you know, small to mid-sized uh, independent title company? Well, I think that um, the, the old saying is um, – it feels like you work in your business when you are busy and when you slow down, you work on your business. Um, I can only give you an example here for what we're doing. We are basically ripping out like every single thing that we used to do and replacing it. Um, we are um, implementing Qualia Atlas internally. We're mm-hmm. implementing Sure on our underwriting platform. We're implementing uh, and working with our agents in Qualia Core on both fronts there. So, I mean, you can't, there's nothing that's being untouched. I mean, everything's getting questioned and worked on. The challenge is the money side of it and how do you pay for it? And so I think that's the part that, you know, hopefully we've we've stashed away our, our uh, uh, the squirrel analogy, stash away your nuts for a rainy day or, or the winter. Um, that's exactly what we've all done. And now's the time to take advantage of this low volume with, Let's implement new systems, new process. Um, with when it comes to AI, the fun things that happen there are um, examples where, you know, one of my favorite people um, in the state of Washington, um, he, um, he was telling me he's got two uh, AI bots that he uses on the production side of his business and basically just helps him and his team uh, better um respond to when, when he gets an order in, he, he uses this for, um, uh, to be able to go find the documents, put them together, save them as, and then pop them back through an email and 10 minutes back. And it's, it's a lifesaver. It saves him an hour, um, in terms of what's going on in terms of what that examiner used to have to do. Mm-hmm. And little things like that, I think the, the crescendo, or maybe the statement is that as we get this technology in our hands, it's we need to know how to use it. Yeah. Um, and so it's the it's those that know how to use it will win. Um, and and it is um, it is different. 
um, and lean the title industry, I, I would I would cite accountants as as only worse than the title industry in terms of uh, not wanting change. Being so, or being wary of, of of advances yeah. too. I, mean, I was going to say this is a question we did ask, so I just wanted to throw some numbers out at you. So um, about seven percent said they already are using uh, AI. Mm-hmm. Um, almost twenty percent said they're looking into it, uh, and fifty. 8% said not at this time and a mm-hmm. lot. And then we were allowing people to kind of put other answers and, mm-hmm. and there's people who are, who are saying like, never, uh, you know, I mean, I think there's a lot of anxiety around AI oh. specifically. Um, no, no, because of mm-hmm. privacy and safety concerns. Um, no way, you know, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of strong opinions around it. It is. I think, um, you know, I've played around with it a little bit. Like, what is it, you know? And, for example, um, you know, I'm a recovering ATV racer, and so I love to go uh, fast on four wheels uh, in ATV. Uh, with four, with three children, uh, and now uh, you, with three stepkids and a brother-in-law, uh, as we call him Bill, a son-in-law to me, but the, the kids call him Bill, brother-in-law. So seven kids So There's no time for me to do any of that, let alone my wife might shoot me if I if I got out there and uh, tried to race. Did anything but dangerous? Yeah. Anything dangerous? No, not a good plan. Uh, and uh, recently turning fifty, so that that was fun too. But but I just played out there and I said, find me, you know, a 1989 Honda TRX 250R. Bam. So it goes and searches the web and gives me three answers. That's AI. You know, it, it, it did that. That was Bing AI. And so, like, just, so you just think about some of those remedial tasks that you do and, you know, how can it help you? And again, that's where the first steps are really understanding how you can use it and making yourself more efficient, kind of come back into in-source or outsource. Mm-hmm. Where do I need to use it? the same conversation. Where do I need to do this myself? Or can AI write the job description for me? And so it starts there. Um is it scary? I mean, yeah. I mean, we've all seen uh, Terminator, <clears throat> Skynet, you know. I think we're at least a few years away from that, jokingly. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I mean, we're, we're humans. We're creatures of habit, you know, and that's what we are. That's who we are. And so these things scare us, rightfully so. And so I think that it's a matter of kind of getting on top of it, understanding it. How can, it, how can we use it? And then, um, you know. Hopefully none of that stuff happens. Um, there's certainly a whole nother uh, conversation with that. And um, and I have to bring up, you know, Elon Musk has made some statements about that and some crazy stuff like that. So anyway, just um, it's a conversation, but staying on top of it and knowing how it affects us today and how it can help us, that's where we need to be, I think. <clears throat> yeah. Do you think um, a lot of like changes that we're seeing are going to um help like equalize the pay- playing field when it comes to like small and mid-size and large size title companies, like a lot of technology, technological advances. It can, um, I think it can go both ways, you know I mean? I think, you know, certainly being able to spend and, and stay on top of it from that perspective, resources, know your resources. Um, you know, the larger companies in the industry certainly are putting money into a lot of different initiatives in that regard. Um, you know, I always joke with 3,134 counties, uh, all of which mostly are elected officials. Um, there's only so much you can do with data right now. I think that's always been the headwind. You know, I think about a third of the country is fairly online, two thirds, and it changes every day and gets better, if you will. Um, if you look at the aviation industry, the aviation title 
uh, is managed through the FAA through the National Title Plan, uh, mainly in two reasons. One is, obviously, um, it's a much smaller population uh, of transactions, if you will, and data. And two is, um, if your plane breaks down, you can't pull over and fix it. Um, so they manage the maintenance and thus the maintainers or mechanics that work on those planes have to be licensed. Kind of sound familiar, right? Mm-hmm. So on a, so can we get to a national title plan? Um, man, talk about like states' rights and uh, bring on the Civil War again potentially. But, but I mean, that's I think what it would take to really, and that's the blockchain example too, I think fits mm-hmm. into that same conversation. If we were on a federal title plan, bam, do blockchain, go. Um, but I think this stuff is so disaggregated. There's so much nuance to it that, you know, at least in our lifetime, I, I don't know that we'll ever be able to solve all of that. And so that kind of fits back into the, the technology conversation. But there's there's a ton of things we can do to help. Um, and, and where the data is, we can work with it. And so I think that's, um, that's what you're seeing play out, in my opinion, in terms of where we are, where we're going. And, you know, it has to be an ROI. Because at the end of the day, you can't just throw money at something, whether you're a large company, and not get a return. Mm-hmm. right you know and, and that happens so as a small company you know the benefit you have is you do have the local knowledge and that's the one of the best things about this industry is local knowledge is hard to trump you know and that is why when you look at the law state anyone in the industry you know you look at the data and a direct who's you know managed from a called a global platform a large company versus a local title agent you have less losses which means, you know, title companies or, ha- or title customers who are happier because they don't have a problem, you know. And so, and that's on a revenue, uh, revenue percent of loss, if you will. And so, you know, that tells you something. Um, you know, they go to church with these guys. They go to chamber of commerce events with these mm-hmm. folks. They know, and sometimes the best thing they know is who not to know, uh, who not to work with. And so that is something that you have in your backyard and who's in your backyard and then technology, you know, again, the best thing about technology, it just continues to get desktop. I mean, well, mobile. Yeah. Like you, you can access it. It's just a matter of, of bringing it to your, your, your frontal lobe and really start to figure out a way. What is it? How can I use it? And, you know, you know, GTS, I'll leave it. I think I've already cussed once on this, but uh, Google that, <clears throat> right? Google it. <laughs> what does this do? I don't know. Google it. Yeah, figure it's, it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, figure it out. And so that is, um, those those answers are there. I think it's a matter of just finding finding the way to work it into your day-to-day and how can you be more efficient again? Where's your time spent? Know your resources. <clears throat> yeah, awesome. Okay, so the last thing I wanted to just bring up, um, and we touched on it earlier, but uh, two-thirds of our respondents said that their number one concern when it comes to the future success of their business right now is the economy and interest rates. So as someone who, you know, obviously follows and, you know, pays really close attention, like what's something that you can maybe say that could give people a little bit of hope or, you know, like a, an outlook for the future? Information is power. Um, and, you know, we were talking earlier, the presidential, I, I cannot remember what it was. <laughs> the old adage was, it's the economy, stupid. <laughs> um, that is by far and away, every four years, the, the presidential debates come up. We're getting ready to go right into that headlong now. And maybe no more, no, no, maybe in the history of our country, we not had a more, um, wow, everybody's looking forward to this one. I'll just say it that way. But it's the economy, stupid. It, it really is. And I think uh, information is power. Uh, the wonderful thing, again, Google it. 
I get out there and there is so much information out there. It is really, really cool. Um, I like to say that um, economics is my hobby. Um, I happen to call myself um, a, uh, an Austrian economics uh, school, if you will. And um, Ludwig von Mises, there's my drop, um, but um, uh, Mises.org, uh, just mind candy for those who, who want to do that. But I really truly believe that you Google it, like for example, Illinois. Um, I Google Illinois Realtors. They have some great information on on markets, you know, Champaign, Chicago, Springfield, Lincoln, all these places that you can you want to focus in on. They've got great data. Um, you know, go to your local chamber of commerce events, uh, get involved in the community, and and talk to those other nerds about you know what do they expect. That's my favorite conversation. We just had it this morning. What's what's the market look like? How are you guys doing? You know, what's happening? Knowledge is power, and and really understanding what you're what then you know what to do with it. If you yeah. know that yeah. this is bad and this is good, well, go there and don't go there. You know, um, and so I think that's really. Don't get lost in the macro too, because I think the macro is something in context. I mean, we always have to know what the macro is. Like MBA data is huge, like MBA mortgage forecast. It is some of the best data points you'll ever get in our industry. But then you gotta bring it in, you know, and like, where are you? What, you know, prop logics, a lot going on in Florida down there. Florida's a great place to be. I was actually looking at data related to census data versus housing supply and did the analysis on that. You know, three states in the union that are net negative since 2010 in census data. Illinois, Mississippi, and West Virginia. Oh boy, you know, good to know, right? But then housing supply, like Wisconsin had the most available housing supply per person. Okay, odd, but you know, I love Wisconsin, right? (laughs) Go cheese, right? You know, I love cheese. So I love snowmobile in northern Wisconsin. So go Packers, right? But, um... But, you know, Florida is right there. Texas is right there. They're building them as fast as, or buying them as fast as they can build them. So, you know, knowing where where things are and <clears throat> where you're at and, you know, how to react. But um, anyway, just, just knowledge is power, I think, is the very best thing you can do in terms of anything because that helps you wade through the, the chaos. <clears throat> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Brent. I really appreciate you sitting down, sharing oh, yes. some of your knowledge with us. Well, good to see you, Lindsay. Tell everybody you I said too. hi. I will, Brent. Thanks Here. so much. Take care. Yes. Bye. You can get even more insights and see what 429 title professionals had to say by downloading the full 2023 State of the Title Industry Report at stateoftitle.com. Stay tuned for next week's episode where we'll feature another industry heavy hitter and their thoughts on the state of title. Be sure to subscribe to Title Talks wherever you listen to podcasts. Title Talks is a production of PropLogix. We're a tech-enabled due diligence provider committed to helping title professionals get to the closing table with confidence. For information about our time-saving services, head to proplogix.com. That's P-R-O-P-L-O-G-I-X.com. Until next time, happy closings.